Kelly, I have a question for you. Ooh. <laughs> when is the last time you did something for the first time? It's a good question. I'm in a sports context thing here. Probably my cross country ski race last year, Sarah. Cause I remember distinctly being like, Oh, this is what people who are doing their first triathlon feel like. <laughs> Cause I it was right. over my head. Yeah. Wasn't it amazing? Did you feel great? Oh Did no. I it? felt exactly like that person who runs into the water and realizes they don't know how to swim and like rolls around their back. You know, like when you're lifeguarding a triathlon, you're always that person. That was me in the cross country ski race. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> you're derailing my story here you're supposed to say you felt amazing it was the best did you feel afterwards any sense of accomplishment sure sarah tell me your story <laughs> okay i have a very minor tale from my box um for today that i did my first triple under you're not, what if people don't know what that is okay well if they didn't know what skipping was last time no one knows what skipping didn't. is because i picture you like skipping around your box which has a lot of weird images to it. Totally. Okay. So in CrossFit, we do like, you can do regular jump rope or then you more typically will do double unders, which is like the rope goes under your feet twice. And then today we had a chance, like if we already could do double unders, then you could work on triple unders. And I've been working like every time we, I, we get this chance, I always try to do triple under, which is like the, you jump, you basically jump and try to get the rope under your legs three times, call it a triple under. So um, that's what I did. And it was the first time I ever did it. So very proud of myself. You're so excited. I know. I feel like um, now I need to like perfect new skills, try new things, Sarah. Right. I think that was just like my very simple take home point for the top of the show here was like just how good it feels to do something new for the first time, even if it's something like childish and stupid, like triple unders. So. And how bad it feels if you fail many, many times first. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's our Kelly. Yeah, just <laughs> FYI, reality. <laughs> okay, we we may or may not have a shorter show this week. Sometimes we say there's going to be a shorter show, and then we just end up talking for just as long anyway. So, but I will warn you, it may be slightly shorter than usual. Coming up, we're going to talk about why women finish triathlons holding hands. The final start list for Kona and Nice are out. And what would you do if you could have your dream job? Kelly, I finally got my shipment of noon up here in Canada, and I am so excited. The last couple days, I've been going to CrossFit with Noon Hydration Sport watermelon flavor, and I have been loving it so far. But I want to know from you, what product should I try next? Okay, so you're trying the tablet. So the Sport tablet is the one you drop in your water bottle. They also have an immunity tablet for you know when you're feeling sick that you can drop in your water bottle. And I've been trying the, or been using the Noon Rest which is for recovery and relaxation. It's like chamomile flavored. It has magnesium and potassium in it. I, you like drink it before you go to bed. Helps you recover well. You sleep great. It's fantastic. Okay, awesome. I'm totally going to try that tonight. Okay, if anyone at home wants to try, go to noonlife.com and use the code IRONWOMEN and you get 30% off. So Iron Women is our sister podcast. Noonlife, N-U-U-N, life.com. Give it a try. Live Feisties, If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ass Kicker Inc. Ass Kicker makes activewear for women featuring empowering phrases like work hard, play hard, kick ass, or strong women lift each other up. Ass Kicker Inc. also makes our fabulous Live Feisty tank tops, t-shirts, hoodies, and leggings. So to order yours, go to livefeisty.com. 
and just choose shop from the menu. And of course, use the code riding to save 20%. That's riding, as in if we were, at livefeisty.com. And remember, I before E, except if you're feisty. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisty's If We Were Riding. Okay, Sarah, so the Tokyo test event controversy, which we yes. talked about last week. Guys, we're not going to rehash it. You should go and listen to last week's podcast. You should read my newsletter this week. The two British girls finished holding hands, deliberately tying, and they were DQ'd for deliberately tying. But here's what we did not talk about. What I've been thinking about like this whole week as everybody, as it's like gone mainstream, it was like on CNN, it was in the Washington Post. Why is there this trend of women finishing holding hands? You started seeing it in ultra races the last few years where women would finish holding hands together. Now it's like made its way to triathlon. Why is this a thing? Are we into it or not into it? Why are men not doing it? That's the other thing. It's become a trend, but not for men. Right. Okay. I'm like personally just before I respond to that personally, like I'm not into it. I'm all into competition, like, which is the reason they're DQ'd, right? Is because they weren't actually trying to compete anymore. But here's what I'll say as a counter argument is that like, if we see, if we see, which we know that like sport was first like created by men for men, it's a very like masculine activity and, and inherently has masculine values, right? Well, it doesn't inherently have to, but the way it it is currently constructed, it does. Correct. This is what I, yes. Kelly just said it better than me. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I guess what I would say to that is like, is it, even though it's not necessarily my value, is it a more like feminine value to, or something that we would gender as feminine to cross the line holding hands? And is that unsportly or is it just because we've sort of like masculinized all of sport? I feel like that's almost like the opposite way to ask the question the way I would have asked it, which is, have we engendered this thing and made women feel like they cannot compete and they must hold hands because inherently that is more feminine and that is more womanly. And so we are telling them that that is better sportsman womanship because they're, they're not competing, right? Are we telling them that this is what you need to do to be like a good female role model? You see what I'm saying? So like, it's like, a, do. it's the same question you're asking, but I'm asking it, but it's in a different way. It goes in a circle. It's not the same question because to your question, <laughs> I have an easy answer, which is like, yes, like, well, yeah, <laughs> like the social, like it's been socially construct, like it's a social construction that a lot of women have internalized that like competing is bad or being seen to be competitive is bad. And a lot of people in general have internalized that, but I think more women than men on average, on average, so I'm not talking about any individuals. Right. Don't, don't fucking be- at me with not all men. I don't want to hear don't, it. Yeah. Don't be offended. This is an all like on average sliding scales, gray zones. But I think I was asking the opposite question. Like have we like is sport like, can we redefine what sport is like? So the people who want to hold hands can have the, can have their own races. Like if you want to, if you want to finish holding hands, go do like a run for the cure. Yeah. Well, here's my that's point. Hand Maybe then go do race. a different fucking thing. Don't do the Olympics. Right. Like that's not what that is. Right. <laughs> so like, true. if you want to, if like you're a man and you are like, I don't really want to compete, like, like timing and beating people. Is not my thing? Like, I don't identify with football. Cool. Fine. None of that doesn't have to be gendered then don't fucking play football. Like, that's not what that is, right? Like, these are different things. 
And the Olympics inherently, and this one time I do mean inherently, are about competition and finding out who is best. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. I just think that there's an opportunity to discuss like the social construct and how we and like to think about how we construct sport and what it means to us you know and I do think like you're right like we don't want to lose what the Olympics is what the test event is what it means to qualify all of the above did I tell you about my solution though did you read it in the newsletter I loved your solution I so mean, yeah so my yeah. big thing or my thing I've been thinking about over and over this week is everyone keeps saying oh it's good sportsmanship but it's not because no one was giving up anything they weren't they weren't like, oh, I think we've both worked so hard. Neither of us should win and we'll like come behind everybody else. They weren't like, they were actually hoping to like trick the ITU into giving two first places, right? It's actually sort of like the opposite of good sportsmanship. It's kind of trying to have everything, right? Like I would like to win and also yes. I would like my friend. To win. So I thought instead, if you're going to tie, you, you're tying for second. Nobody wins. There is no winner. You, you didn't prove that you were better than the other. You are tying for second. That is right. your penalty. Yeah. That told, I think that totally makes sense. I think you've solved it. I've solved that's it. Your penalty. Instead of being DQ'd, because I think a lot of people agree right. that they it's should too hard. be penalized, right. but like whether that they should be DQ'd, like that's the part that fe- felt a bit harsh to me is the sure. DQ. Sure. Not the fact that not the right or wrong, because I think they should have raced to the finish line. The other thing we've been seeing a big trend though, and it's also started in ultra running and now it's moving to triathlon is the whole picking up your baby, finishing with the baby. We're seeing them in on podiums and track because Ironman has a no running across the line with your baby rule. So then everybody brings them up on the podium. It's very in right now. Also, because there's like a billion moms in triathlon right now. Are we into that or not? Okay. I, I actually like, I'm okay with, I'm about a bit like to each their own with a baby thing. Like, I'm totally fine. Like, I understand what it's like to, like, be a mom, have a family, how entrenched you are in your, um, in your family world and, like, your training and everything is kind of, like, it's kind of one of the same. Like, you, your baby, you're so connected to your baby, especially at the beginning, right? Right, right. And so that, like, I, I really have no problem with someone, like, if that feeling like it's a team effort, here we are. I'm going to go on the podium. I'm going to cross the finish line with my baby. But then why can't I bring up every fucking person who has helped me and my husband? And like, you see what I'm saying? Like it becomes like, okay, sure. But everyone has a team. Everyone's got a team, whether you have a baby or not, everyone's got a team. How entrenched you are varies by person by person. Mm -hmm. So is it like a little bit taking the spotlight away from the other people on the podium? Oh, you don't have a baby. Oh, too bad for you. Yeah. What I, yeah. What I don't like about the baby situation is when people are doing it or seem to be doing it to say like, look at, look at, I'm at the top of the podium and I'm a new mom. Like it almost just almost sometimes a little bit of showy offy there that I don't like, um, to your point about all that. I I do feel like the, like people's teams, like their support crew should be recognized more. I mean, they, they don't maybe not up on the podium with them. So where's but, the lie between who you, if it came out of your vagina, you're like, oh, but yeah. no, you should be able to bring adopted kids up. So I don't know. I also, honestly, I was doing the scrolling Instagram thing because, you know, whatever. And I, there was this obstacle course racer and she was going on in one of her posts about, I knew I could beat this girl we were batting because I'm a mom. And then I only barely outsprinted her. And then I found out she's a mom too. And that explains it. And honestly, Sarah... I was like, now I just really feel the need to go and beat you. Like I'm going to train just to beat you without yeah. being a mom. Yeah. That's a, 
that's a reasonable response to that post. But I do think in general, as women, we should be less judgmental of sure. each other and how we relate to our babies and where we want to and how we post about them and how we, because this is a new world, right? right. right? Like even a decade ago, there weren't a lot of female athletes posting about their babies or talking about that or training through their pregnancy and all of those things. So I just think we should be less judgmental. And if that encourages you to want to be here, like, because I see posts that encourage me, well, that used to, (laughs) I don't, I don't care about beating anybody anymore, but like that used to have that same effect on me related to babies or not, you know, and that can be a positive thing too, for your motivation. So for sure, we're in a whole new world. Obviously there's actually a big question right now on, are we seeing so many people with babies because the climate has changed or because people are staying in the sport later? Like people used to just retire, be done. And I don't know what the answer is to that, but for sure it's a whole new thing. And I'm all about you do you, but you do you maybe also involves not having kids. You do you maybe involves doing like whatever you want to fucking Absolutely. do. So Yes. And like the judgment needs to not to, to stop like both ways. Right. Like, so like the moms can't judge the non moms and be like, I'm tougher than you. Cause I'm a mom. Like you're like, no, do that's not strictly you want to do. Like I'm a mom. And when I raced against Chrissy Wellington, she was not a mom at that time. And she's tougher Th- than me. She is like, tougher <laughs> than pretty much everybody. That's that a is fact. True. That's a fact. Yeah. I just, I just think we need to stop judging. I had another point about the baby. Oh, well too bad. Um, <laughs> no, it, I do think that it's, I do think like it's a new world. Oh, if you can't see it, you can't right, be sure. it. That was my thought is like, so now we see so many examples of athlete moms were able to aspire to that, right? Young women are able to aspire to that. So of course you see more people aspire quickly guys. Cause they're all retiring soon. Cause there's no money left. So <laughs> see, <the> triathlon, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> which speaking of uh two start lists came out this week kona and the 70.3 niece well kona is not actually the start list it's the final like everyone who's qualified it's just that most people start <laughs> there's only one or two pulls off that list my my transition there was i think this might be some people's last kona but we're not going to speculate about that yet but the list came out i had it in the newsletter sarah and it was So this was the whole year where women had the chance, the opportunity to earn equal slots, Sarah. It's on us. And it ended up being 44 women and 57 men, which I feel like is pretty much exactly what we predicted. Exactly what everyone predicted. Well, everyone who knows anything. Some people did not predict that Mm -hmm. because they did not listen to our podcast. Right. Right. They should listen. Mm -hmm. And the final slots were handed out this past weekend at Montremblant. And Copenhagen, which I kept referring to as Hamburg in the newsletter. And I got some German people really? telling me what the fuck. It all blends to oh, me, guys. That's They're what, all like... You need to get a better editor, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't catch that. It's because it um, all the vaguely European cities blend. But <laughs> Sarah True got her spot finally, thank God, at Montremblant. And she did. honestly, Sarah, like... Honestly, you, Sarah, not her, Sarah. I don't, I don't know how she's even going to race Kona. Like you can't run yourself to passing out three times in 10 months and then turn around a top-notch world championship performance. I mean, maybe (laughs) I, I honestly, like, I believe in magic. So I think that like, that anything is possible. Uh, It's probably less likely. 
I also think that like going to Kona is still a smart move on her part because she's someone who could win one day and you need to learn the lessons, you know? So it's probably smart to just go and race. What if she still try to figure out her hydration and electrolytes? What if she buries herself too hard though? Right. I I mean, obviously she basically like lacks a central governor internal stopping mechanism more so than most people. Cause most people you do that shit to yourself once and you literally can never do it again. Like your body won't let you. Yeah. She clearly can. Well, and maybe you've just made the argument for why she can do well. Cause she's not going to remember because the whole second half of the marathon. <laughs> she's going to like keep running. Because, <laughs> because if she, like if she's getting over that shit faster than other people would, like in terms of the, even the mental damage, then maybe she can just, Move right along, learn the lessons, boom, come back on the podium. Ann Hogg also was the other big person. Well, Lionel Sanders also obviously qualified. He's big. um, But Ann Hogg went 831 at not Hamburg at Copenhagen, which is. (laughs) Yes. Which is a different city to Hamburg, uh, which is crazy fast. Like it's one of the fastest times, but the only ones that are faster are ones that are on faster courses. You know what I'm saying? Like Roth or. Yeah, challenge, yeah. challenge Roth. I think that's still uh, Christie's record, right? Eight. Yeah, 18. there's like there's like three or four times. It just and it depends on whether you count Texas that year. It was short, whatever. The point is, eight thirty one at Copenhagen is pretty crazy. Yeah, that was amazing by Annie. I feel like this is not like anyone who's. I mean, I knew Annie a little bit. I trained with her like literally for a handful of weeks. It's nice, not like she's my nice. bestie, but like. You know, at that time when she was doing ITU racing, her swim wasn't quite up to par and she would come out of the water, catch up the bike pack solo, right. you know, and then run the fastest run. Like she would run like a 33 off the bike. So this is not like having that kind of bike and run strength is not a surprise to me that she's now just like being very winning at Ironman. I also think it's hilarious when people aren't great ITU swimmers and they move up and you're like, oh, they swim a 26 in a 70.3. Yeah, like you're saying, (laughs) just by competition, she was like 15 seconds off the pack in ITU. So like not a, still a decent swimmer. Um, The other race that the start list did actually come out for, so this is the final start list with all of the pulls drops, is the Nice list. And so I went through that. It's about... It's like 64 women, 67 men. I'm sure not all those will start because there's no, you don't have to tell them you're not right. There's no incentive, which obviously right. I think, um, I think Iron Man, I think there's some ways we could fix that so that people stop doing that thing where they just like don't show up. But mm-hmm. so it'll probably end up being like 50, 50 is my guess. But the list is a pretty good approximation of who's going to be there. And I actually, I'm actually like almost more excited for Nice than Kona this year because you're getting a lot of people. It's going to be a really exciting race. It's really hilly. It's really technical. I think it'll be good. Yeah, the course. It's crazy. I mean, the course is insane. The hills on the bike. I mean, it will completely change the race and what it looks like. I watched uh, one of those GoPro video previews and <laughs> I was like, people are going to die. Like, <laughs> oh, like the switchbacks, the descending. Yeah. Like some of that age group pack yeah. back there. Woo. It's not good, but they're also, so the women go on the first day, men go on the second day, even though we all assumed (laughs) everyone I know assumes that it switches every year. And then we're always like, Oh, actually it doesn't switch literally to the point that (laughs) we assumed my husband was racing on Saturday. Cause we're just like, Oh yeah, the men go will go Saturday. And then then, uh, we realized we were wrong because they don't switch. But so the women go on Saturday, men go on Sunday and it's going to be Holly versus Lucy versus Daniela. And I'm going to say something crazy, Sarah. Okay. 
I'm putting my money on Holly. I'm putting my money on Holly. I know everyone. I know you said it in the newsletter. I know everyone's I, like, Daniela can't be beat. But I think, well, one, she can, Daniella, she can be beat. Like the thing, I don't know. The thing with Daniela is that like when she's been quiet for a long time. True, true. Like you just know it's like mounting. It's like, it's like the calm before the storm, right? Like, like she's coming. She's, <laughs> she's coming for it. So that's why I can't bet against her. Cause like just that is, that's like a winning combination for 70.3 worlds and Kona both like to just be like super quiet. No one's heard from you for a little while. Don't really know what you're doing. And then boom. Sure. True. True. But let's also counterpoint. Counterpoint. We know Daniela trains like crazy, right? We know she has a set, like a certain number of races in her before she's just the wheels are going to start to come off. Or maybe we don't know mm-hmm. that, but that is my, uh, I think we know that. And I think at some point, maybe it's not this year, maybe it's next year, like people are going to start to beat her. She's not going to be unbeatable. Like we, that's, it's going to. Anne can run her down. Lucy can get a big enough gap. Like people are going to start to beat her. And the last time she got beat at 70.3 worlds, she came in underestimating the field. The last time Holly won, she beat Daniela. And then Holly's been hurt the last two years and hasn't raced it. And she beat Daniela right. who was like kind of training through like, Oh, I can win this and still be good at Kona. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you make a good point there. I don't think she's going to be watching like some of Holly's performances. I don't think she's going to be watching Anne and thinking this is going to be easy though. Like I think she knows what she's up against. Yeah. Yeah. This year. Um, Mm -hmm. I also think Holly has like, is going all in, going all in. Yeah. Let's hope so. Cause this is going to be an exciting race. It's going to be very exciting. It's also going to be a Javi and Alistair on the men's side, which I care slightly less about, but that's fine. But I love Javi and uh, Alistair is, you know, crazy as long as i don't cross the finish line holding hands oh my god they i don't even think they like each other i'm pretty sure they have like a strictly cordial relationship so (laughs) don't think that'll happen but it should be interesting we'll probably talk a little bit more about it next week because i will be leaving for france next week so oh yeah so kelly is going to be there in nice folks so watch her instagram story hopefully we can repost them on ours Mm -hmm. Maybe she'll send us a photo or two. A photo or two. I'll send adventures. you inside gossip. It'll be great. Inside gossip and information mm-hmm. on the podcast. So there you go. We can promise it. Totally promise totally it. Totally promise it. And if we don't have any, we'll just like make it up. Oh yeah. We can promise <laughs> we will share something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll share an opinion about something. Yes. Okay. After the break, we're going to talk about what we would do if we could pursue our dream job. We would like to thank Noon Hydration for supporting the podcast. Get 30% off your order by using the code IRONWOMEN at NoonLife.com. That's IRONWOMEN at NoonLife.com. And don't forget to order your feisty gear at LiveFeisty.com with the code RIDING to get a 20% discount. Follow at If We Were Riding on all the social medias and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, tell your actual friends in person how awesome we are, because that works too. If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production and is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our marvelous editor is Aaron Hamilton. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race to the top. I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real, I'm feeling so ruthless. So this came up in the newsletter this week, Kelly, and, and you told our readers that you would do an Ironman, like 
trained for Ironman full time for a year. And then you would write a book about it this, if you okay. had 100K. This is so the contest, which someone, okay, Jordan sent to me. Jordan thinks it's funny that I refer to her as someone on the podcast. Someone, <laughs> someone sent it to me. You had 100K to pursue your dream job, but you have to quit your current job, Sarah. So it's like, I want to start my own bakery. I always wanted to make a movie, whatever. And I was like, well, what is my dream that isn't currently my job? That's hard. You're thinking about it. Right. And I was, I'm also thinking 100K is not enough money to quit your job. <laughs> I know. Well, you got to go all in. Anyway. All in, Sarah. So you I, yeah. To go so that's I scary. Think, that's what's scary about it. I think I would uh, give me the 100K. I'm going to go all in, try and win an Ironman. I also think that would be interesting on a certain level for people, right? What if, you know, on a, on a relatable level, kind of, what mm-hmm. if you quit your job? Could you win an Ironman? Could you go all in? And then I would write a book about it. That's my, mm-hmm. that's my plan. It's a good plan. What's your plan? a good plan so okay we argued about this a little bit before but like i just want the 100k to keep like pursuing my media company dream you're like i'm already pursuing my dream i'm just doing it poorly i'm just (laughs) i'm just very poor and pursuing my dream job like i don't actually know if i have an answer to that because i'm like just like every day just trying to make it work you know so what would I do? I'd have to come up with something else. I mean, of course, of course, there's like other things like, okay, you're, you're writing a book idea is like high. There's a lot of things I would do. I might actually like, I like, I'd love to actually go back to school and do like some part-time studies or do like another oh, yeah. PhD. Um, I would probably never do that, but I would like to, I would love to study like leadership. That would, that's like in my... I would love to study. It's like literally my nightmare sitting and studying leadership. Like, no, terrible. <laughs> Sounds awful. But I also, I do want to write too. Like I, I'm with you in the writing thing. I have like, I have about four or five different documents of like books that are like where I've like written half a chapter or where I have all the chapters laid out or ideas, you know, can you guys hear my dog? Yeah, we can hear it. We can hear him. He's, he was barking before he's now scratching his collar <laughs> apparently it's really itchy anyway sorry about that yeah this reminds me of when i was in grad school and i was like i'm gonna and everyone in grad school had a very specific thing they were like i want to be an espn anchor and that girl went and worked for ESPN. right if you had a specific thing it, you usually could make it happen mm. and i went and met with the career counselor because i was like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna take advantage of opportunities and she was like what do you want to do and i was like i just want to like write some books do some like speaking engagements maybe like like work on like a podcast and she was like i don't think that's a job sure it is it is definitely a job how is it not a job isn't that kind of what a journalist does i think it was the vagueness (laughs) i just want to do some stuff she didn't know you because that's who you that's like that's like you saying your dream (laughs) it's like well maybe i might do a podcast and write a book like i'm like oh kelly's really into this (laughs) So she just needed to know you better. That's okay, all. there you go. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.